Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. Middle manager Bob, your racist numbers aren't where we want them to be. You need to go to all your little racist fucks below you. And get those racism numbers way up there. Yeah, get those racism numbers up. You're, you're, uh... Your KKKPIs are too far down. <laughs> Your cat. <laughs> the bug guy was also pretty cool. Like the bug, they just like so casually talk about it. They, they like they get off on this whole diatribe of a lot of confusing information. I mean that's pretty stereotypical, right? Um, yeah. They'd be like the uh, the oxyacetylene is vaporized momentarily by the cellulose, and then it like something would be crawling on his hand. He'd be like, oh, oh let me just. Oh, that's just a brown recluse. Uh, and then the cellulose is going to be like, oh, brown recluse. What is? This? Yeah, you just gotta swap them. And you swap them like you know you're doing karate. It's like. Whoop, bop, whoop, bop. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> you just karate chopped a. You just karate dropped a brown recluse on the back of your hand. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, this this whole conversation is taking place underneath a, a 50-year-old house. <laughs> just like, oh. oh. One's is like going to be more of those? Spindling down, like lands on your shoulder. And you're just like, ah! <laughs> He's like, oh, let yeah. me get that for you. <laughs> um, What do you think, Jimmy? You want to you wanna start this episode up? I'm ready. What do you know about... Emergency powers. Oh, like what? The, like presidential emergency, state of emergency powers? Well, w- w- kind of. Uh, government officials in general. It seems like a lot of these uh, these community leaders have emergency powers, whatever that means, in order to denote some kind of special exclusion to the literal powers vested in them by whatever kind of written contract, i.e. constitution or declaration of their powers right. vested in them by the state or federal government. I mean, I, I really don't know. I would I would like to say that, oh, that means they can do X, Y, and Z. But, I mean, I probably know just as much as you as far as what is <laughs> allowed and what is prohibited, what's reasonable and what's unreasonable. I, I have... <laughs> I don't. I have no fucking clue. Well, I mean, it seems like they're constantly coming up as being. Uh, well, so every, every time some kind of terrible thing happens, it seems right. like a, a a governor or a president can use their emergency powers in order to kind yeah. of snatch control. Which reminds me a lot of this. Um, what is this called? Uh, the Senatus Consultum. Ultimum, or the final decree of the Senate, uh, of of which uh, you know a a notable Roman emperor secured his uh-huh. power in a time of emergency. Uh, okay. Not to say that our president or any other governor is seizing power in the instance that there is a rampant fear going on in their society and they're deciding to mm-hmm. utilize their emergency powers in order to consolidate their their rule yeah but it kind of seems like it's headed that way i think so i remember hearing about the emergency powers first coming up you know in you know in in um in full force whenever we were discussing border control 
and that the emergency powers yeah. were used in order to apprehend folks that were coming across the border. Shoot tear gas at. Shooting tear gas at rioters. Yeah. Like... Any, no, 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 I was thinking about shooting tear gas at people at the border. Shot tear gas at people at the border. I know that they like they apprehended a bunch of them, um, including yeah, a bunch of children down to the border. Oh man, yeah. It, I mean, this this is. Uh, I'm sure that that's nothing. That's nothing abnormal. By the way, uh, it's pretty abnormal as far as using chemical warfare on folks. If you, yeah. as a law officer, an officer of the law, are going to shoot tear gas or uh, a, a a grenade or something of that quality at yeah. unarmed combatants mm-hmm. and you are to say have a blanket uh, or a sling or y- a goddamn hand with which you catch the object mm-hmm. and you throw it back mm-hmm. at the officers yeah y- you know that, that's assault <laughs> that's fucking assault <laughs> and battery it- I, I, you know, I would like to say I'm surprised, but I'm not. I mean, we've talked about this many times in the podcast that the state has a monopoly on violence, and that's that's the uh, the perfect example of it. You, as the peaceful protester, have to be subjugated to rubber bullets, and rubber bullets aren't what people think they are. They're a giant metal shell encased with a thin layer of rubber. It's not a bunch of rubber. They're shooting metal at you with a little rubber on it, mm-hmm. so it doesn't pierce your skin. But uh. Yeah, so you you are allowed to be subjugated to that, getting shot with pepper balls, having tear gas shot at you, getting uh, pushed on the ground and concussed. You know, we've seen I've seen countless videos of that. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you were to do any of that to a police officer, yeah, you're you're going away for a long, long time. Yeah. Well, why would I do that to a police officer while they're in the line of duty? I feel like this like this podcast is becoming like a. <laughs> Like a rabble rousing, uh, like call to arms. <laughs> like this is yeah, this is I, just your your duty of civil disobedience. <laughs> well, it just you know, yeah, we're we're a podcast that talks about sad shit, and when you have so much literal, just like the worst possible shit happening in front of your eyes, and finding obscure, random stories seems kind of obsolete when you just have glaring blatant in your face atrocities that are mm-hmm. so imminent and in our communities Ooh, do you think we could read the uh the carl sagan quote uh yeah from you the, want to go for it from the the demon haunted world science as a candle in the dark from 1995 I have a foreboding of an America in my children's or grandchildren's time when the United States is a service and information economy, when nearly all the manufacturing industries have slipped away to other countries, when awesome technological powers are in the hands of very few, and no one representing the public interest can even grasp the issues, when the people have lost the ability to set their own agendas or knowledgeably question those in authority, when clutching our crystals and nervously consulting our horoscopes, our critical faculties in decline, unable to distinguish between what feels good and what's true, we slide almost without noticing back into superstition and darkness. And then he goes on to say, the dumbing down of America is the most evident in the slow decay of substantive content in the enormously influential media the 30-second sound bites now down to 10 seconds or less. 
lowest common denominator programming, credulous presentations on pseudoscience and superstition, but especially a kind of celebration of ignorance. <sighs> it's a little too relevant, Jimmy. <laughs> it's so real. <laughs> I, I feel like there's like we we were obviously talking about this prior to the episode, but there are a couple of things that have that are said directly in there that uh like I, I feel like I've been trying to put into words, especially the um uh let's see, let's see. Um the uh, the it's critical... sad too because it's so real down to the crystals. Yeah, you know unable to like... distinguish between what feels good and what's true. Yeah, um, that's a really good line. It's like I, I've I've been telling I feel like I've been trying to say that for I don't know like the last four or five years. The the last a hundred episodes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know facts don't care about your feelings, me. Oh my god! <laughs> but they don't even use facts. These goddamn roidoid fucking trash people. Yeah. God damn it! We, they don't even use facts. We back into superstition and darkness. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. It, it's the celebration of ignorance. You know, because if you if you call it facts, there are plenty of people out there that just simply don't know enough about facts or the critical analysis of the information that you give them that over time, if they're bombarded enough with these facts, they'll start to just claim it's true. They don't have any ability to say otherwise. Right. If someone tells you something's a fact yeah. and you have lots of other people telling you something is a fact yeah. and uh, you don't do the legwork to look where these facts come from to see whether or not they're valid or not. Yeah. You just, you just accept it as, as truth. I'm, I'm tired of people asking me where my source material comes from. It's like, why do you give a shit? Like, I'm, I'm not trying to appeal to some type of authority. I'm not trying to give you a name that you respect. Listen to the argument and try to develop a counter. If it's illogical, it should present itself in the discussion. And mm -hmm. if it is, I would hope to be the type of person that I would listen to whatever it is that is counter to my argument. Mm -hmm. But in the instance that it falls short in any capacity, then we find ourselves right back at square one. It's like, okay, well, that one didn't quite work, but I'm willing to try again. We can always have that conversation again. Yeah, I'd much rather you, you maintain the semblance of doubt or that I would maintain the semblance of doubt um, rather than commit to an idea so fully that I'm going to perpetuate something like the slow decay of substantive content. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, I like to, I would like to think that the things that I think and believe are based on something that I have, I have read or learn something to base my ideas and beliefs off of that I'm not just regurgitating secondhand things that I've heard and pretending that it's a belief system. It's just I feel like a lot of people haven't uh, done any introspection and thought about why they think the things they do. They think it was just uh ordained that they should think one particular way or another mm -hmm. that they that they naturally 
came to these conclusions, not that they've been force-fed them their entire lives to just accept, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would like to think, uh, once again, that I've actually done the introspection. And I'm not perfect. Like, I'm sure I have lots of fake truths and half-truths and non-truths just accepted as truth right but then in it and if i and if i believe something that isn't that i haven't actually that i have the the details on wrong or the information wrong on i would hope someone would correct me and be like no that's actually incorrect because of this and then i could go and examine this and go oh you're right that's the hope absorb that that's absolutely that's that's the hope that if we were to be provided with a substantial enough reason why we ought to change the way in which we're currently view th- viewing things that we would just alter that to the capacity uh or i guess in in, in correspondence with the alternative argument um, yeah and we are we're rock flippers you know we've discussed this on past episodes yeah we flip rocks all the time mm-hmm. and every time we flip a rock it's because somebody has brought to our attention something that doesn't seem quite right and then when we flip it over, sometimes there's there's a nasty ass worm, and you got to deal with it when that occurs. I've known a lot of people going back to the first part of your comment that mm-hmm. uh, have been introspective enough to be aware of the way in which they have been indoctrinated. You know, as, mm-hmm. as the best way I think I can put it. And yeah, I mean, yeah, even with that knowledge, they still are very keen on maintaining that ideology that they think it's still very natural that they came to that conclusion that they've had personal experiences uh that have denoted a a a a substantial amount of knowledge that allows them to be able to review that experience with this uh kind of authority well, that's chosen ignorance. In that case, you can't change those people's minds. Exactly. Uh, They've acknowledged that they're ignorant and they want to remain that way. It's like, okay, fine. That's not... <laughs> How is it that somebody could, could maintain that belief, though? Like, if they're looking at exactly what they do, and what if they were to even alter, you know, mention the phrase, uh, I I want to believe this way. I, 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 I This is how I want to be. I understand that other people believe something differently, but this is the way that I want to be. It's like, well, but your desire is, like, is your your desire is what makes you feel good. I get that, but well, yeah, exactly. It goes exactly. It goes back to the Carl Sagan quote. Mm-hmm. It's what feels good. It's not what's true. And if it's not yeah. true, then it ought not make you feel good. Like, and I'm yeah. not, and I'm not saying it, it it can't be directly compared with something like a psychoactive substance. Like, I gotta have my coffee in the morning, and if I don't have oh, my coffee. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't mean that the rest of the world has suddenly become uh, faster than me to be able to deal with. Yeah, it's it's a shithole world now. I don't have my coffee. Um, it's just it just doesn't feel it just doesn't feel the way that I want it to feel. <laughs> yeah, it feels strange. But I understand that. Like I, I get yeah. that it's like the thing that I'm changing is me. Right. The world isn't changing. You're changing, and by changing yourself, you're changing your uh um i don't know opinion or uh your perspective of the world <sighs> fascinating yeah if i don't have my coffee in the morning I, I i exhibit all all the the signs of depression 
<laughs> oh, and every single one of them. I, I, I feel yeah. slow and confused, and it's the worst. Lethargic. Mm-hmm. Don't everything. Uh, everything has lost its color. Nothing sounds like fun or worth doing. Oof, it's bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty rough. <laughs> pretty rough indeed. <laughs> Speaking of coffee, this has nothing to do with anything we were talking about, but there was this, uh, I think it was Sweden, there was a Swedish king, he was named Gustav something, he was alive during the mid-1700s, and um, I think it was around that time that uh, coffee was becoming more of a thing in uh, northern Europe where he lived, and he was convinced that uh, coffee was an ultimate evil and it was horrible for your health. And so what he decided to do is there was these twins that had committed some crime and their punishment was going to be death. But what he decided to do instead is that if the the twins would agree to be a part of this experiment, they would be allowed uh, to live instead, I guess, in, I don't know, uh, prison, like for life, prison for life instead of death. Oh, wow. That's quite quite a win. (laughs) Right. And one twin had to drink... Uh, three pots of coffee a day and the other one had to drink an equivalent amount of tea and they ended up both outliving the king and i think the tree the tree the tea drinking twin died at the ripe young age of 83 uh and the coffee drinker outlived him by i don't know how many years a million years it's actually 175 yeah. it's still alive today very impressive yeah Drinking th- three pots of coffee a day yeah bernie sanders everyone bernie give it up <laughs> no he doesn't seem like the three three pot of coffee type of guy no not at all he's not hyped enough no he's really not uh that's amazing uh it reminds me of the episode of futurama where fry drinks the 100 cups of coffee <laughs> Wait, why was he doing that? Um, uh, I don't know. I think he was trying to reach enlightenment. <laughs> uh, if you drink enough so coffee, painful. eventually you just get to this point where everything slows down, and you can save all the people in the burning building. It'd be great. If I if I drink too much coffee, I feel like I have to just like start running or something. It's like it, my fight or flight reflexes start kicking in. It's just like you're not moving fast enough. You got to go. You got to go. You got to move. You gotta do stuff. You got yeah, exactly. You're not doing stuff fast enough. You gotta start running. What are you doing right in now? Your life, man. I can, I don't think I can have enough coffee. I I would probably there were there are a good many days in my life where I would rather be that twin in prison, just like chugging coffee all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? I'm down for it. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not doing anything productive with my time right now. Um, it's, it's certainly better than house hunting. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna yeah. go and chug coffee in prison. <laughs> That's probably some shit coffee too. 1700 but... Swedish coffee. Yeah. It probably sucks. Oh yeah. It's probably rough. <laughs> Real rough. Does, does coffee actually grow in Sweden? No, it was imported obviously. Yeah. I was like, it, it's, it grows in like a tropical climates, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I. Speaking of uh, imported things, I was trying to look up a list of items that had been uh, imported items 
that were harvested or produced with the use of child labor. And Oh, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. Like, like it's everything. <laughs> you like coffee? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. You like chocolate? Go fuck yourself. You like your smartphone? Yeah, the cold tan in there? Yeah. yeah that's child labor. Yeah, we, I mean, we talked about this before, but... You like iron? Child labor. It's everywhere. It's fucking everywhere. Like, everything is tainted with child labor. Yep. Because in some countries, it's just like, you know, you, you wake up and... Um, I guess at the ripe old age of five years old, and they're just like, you're old enough to stick your hand in this in this hole and pull out whatever kind of natural resources down there. Yeah. Just go, go, get in there. Get your, you're small right. enough. Our our tools are not technologically advanced enough for us to be able to get in there with with our huge cranes and whatnot. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, get to it. And you're technically free labor. You don't even have a voice here. I guess paid a small stipend of pennies a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just just barely enough to uh, keep them alive. That's the whole point yeah. of of capitalism, though. Like, exactly. That that exactly mm-hmm. that that is the mathematical equation. Because if you kill off your labor force, there you go. You just broke the system, mm-hmm. right? So the perfect the perfect place to keep your workers at is just enough. Work them just down to the nub enough to where they don't die, but you're not paying them shit. Okay, so... And that's what they would like to do to everyone. So how can you improve the situation for those people? Because as as, as we are evidenced of, like, we are uh, middle to upper middle class peoples. Uh, we, we have the... Uh, capacity to be landowners um you know we have the capacity to pay off our debts um you know we're we're still technically well within the bounds of being forced to work for our uh subsistence uh but we are nowhere close to being someone who has to work in order to to you know put put roofs over our heads i mean like we're not going to be forced out on the streets immediately uh or be or (laughs) or better yet we're not going to be shot um, for not going into the mines or something like that. Not, not, right. not we're, we're a better paid working class. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, not, not to develop a hierarchy out of workers, but we're still working, but okay. So you have a society of people, uh, in the, in the West that enjoy a quality of life that is far greater you and me there's nothing we can fucking do okay i'm just there's trying no, to think man there, like what kind no of technological action there's no action you and i could possibly do in our own independent lives to increase the quality of life for those child laborers it's the same thing that just like us recycling isn't going to save the climate crisis if you take all this like individual lifestyles aren't enough to change it but at the same time, that's the kind of fucking ideology we're fucking fed because that's convenient for our capitalist overlords to convince us that we just have to purge ourselves of all our bad thoughts and just recycle and like live a specific way to improve other, I don't know, people's quality of life. I mean, the only thing that I could think of from a legislative standpoint is that if we forced United States companies 
that but uh, yeah because individuals are work but like if you forced united states companies that operated in foreign countries that in order to operate in a foreign country they would have to pay a living wage and things of that yeah nature. it's not going to work because it's they they're one and the same like is state sponsored capitalist society like they they they're in each other's pockets they're in bed with each other like what what how how are you going to do that you're going to like in, enforce some kind of ridiculous law that that circumvent oh like you can't monopolize it's like oh you know like a 49 percent you know market share that's okay but no monopolies okay that's not all right you can't do that kind of stuff like right. like there's no like like antitrust laws i mean like this it, it seems like well, we've, we've well, just well, there's no point in having laws that they're not enforced i mean which is antitrust i mean we you could argue that i mean google's a monopoly they're a monopoly on yeah facebook's a monopoly twitter's a monopoly um so in all in essence in a in a capitalist society that that certain thing is not going to be avoided you're going to have monopolies regardless well they're it's you're okay it's going to naturally develop into a monopoly because that is the best way exactly Mm -hmm. that's the best way to ensure a profit is by not having to compete right because competing is your greatest barrier to profit right and so yeah so monopolies are a natural product of a capitalist system i feel like you can drag so many uh free market capitalists or or neoliberals into conversation by saying like you know what capitalism is really efficient and they're like oh yes it certainly is it's like Mm -hmm. and ensuring that people consolidate profits it's like "Mm, yeah i think i lost you there yeah so well you can go back a few steps i'd like to still have this conversation <laughs> right i don't know it's it's uh it's bad yeah um let's see so yeah i i think uh i i i like to imagine that there's some kind of linchpin that you can provide underdeveloped economies with the ability to be able to uh well, at the very least free themselves from the 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 bonds in which they currently find themselves the issue is so what we have to do is basically do what all of the international bankers have already did and have and actually work together against the global elites because like international bankers they all lend to each other to ensure their banks don't go under because they leverage more than they can actually pay out and so we need a, basically an equivalent of that, of global workers that are basically not willing to fucking scab each other uh, by not working for the for pennies for these companies. But unfortunately, the third world is basically a um, fight to the bottom because you got all these third world countries that are fighting with each other to be the ones that get to have the sweatshop factory to increase increase their gdp mm-hmm. so you know there's no incentive there for even them to pay their people more or enforce better labor laws because then you lose all on that sweet sweet sweatshop cash well what else do they have that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. they, what else do they have obviously people wouldn't be working at these places if they had something better <laughs> that's what i'm saying well, is that you yeah. have to have it or if they had the, the ability in- to be able to to survive with I, I don't know i feel like if you remove the ability for these people to enforce their laws 
then you effectively are able to mitigate their ability to force you into indentured servitude or wage slavery. So, um, I feel, I feel like it's something that occurs after the fact. Like the only wait, reason wait, that wait. people really go to their jobs is because they're scared to death of becoming homeless and or to starve. So, yeah. You know, what, what is the next step after not having a wage? Well, maybe you don't pay your, your rent on time. And if you don't pay your rent on time, maybe you get kicked out on the street. And if you're not able to secure enough of an income for yourself prior, then you're not able to have another place you can rent. You find yourself homeless. You know, maybe yep. a short time after you find yourself struggling with other health care issues or um, or a, a lack of, of, um, of, of food or other um, innate needs and, and thus, uh, you, your rights are stripped of you. So now you have this, um, you know, this law enforcement system that's going to breed down your neck and say, you know, Hey, you know, you can't stay in these, these areas of private property. You have to, uh, work within the system or hide yourself from it effectively enough that you avoid the spiteful eye of the law enforcement as they effectively are going to act as your as your judge, jury, and sometimes executioner in the case that uh, you give them enough pushback as someone who effectively has no rights as a landless person. Yep. So it's that fear that is going to cause a lot of people from being able to establish themselves outside of the stereotypical parameters of society. And... Yep. Of course, the answer is not necessarily to fight fire with fire. You can't just be like, hey, homeless person, would you like a firearm? Um, you know, oh, oh, fight yeah. the power, dude. Uh, yeah. it, that's obviously not going to work. <laughs> hey, kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's like driving around. You got your panhandler. It's, it's like anything helps. God, God bless. You just slap a Smith & Wesson in their hand. Yeah. <laughs> Find your freedom, man. <laughs> You you give a homeless man a dollar, he eats for a day. <laughs> give a homeless man a gun, he eats for as long as that gun mugs people. I don't <laughs> oh man, yeah, you never know. If it's only got one bullet, people. buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's only got one. Yeah, <laughs> make it count. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> suicide's not the answer. Murder is. Yeah, go go hold up an ammunition store. Maybe you can get more. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. Yeah, something like um uh, an ability for people to be able to defend themselves. Um, I mean, like I'm I'm a fan of the medieval period, right? Like I I like the fact that like that period sucked too, man. That period really sucked. That period the sucked only for people a lot that of people. hard that had cool shit like swords and armor were rich douchebag rich nobles. Rich as fuck. Rich as fuck. Like I mean, these guys like if you're to like uh, um uh try to account for inflation, uh, like your average suit of armor is gonna be like a hundred thousand dollars. Like, just absolutely ridiculously expensive, especially if it's polished. Like the polishing was like two thirds of the cost. Mm -hmm. they didn't have like buffing wheels and whatnot anyways uh having something to the equivalent of a medieval suit of armor something that would be cheaply produced and able to avoid gunfire <laughs> is the answer to the world's problems you effectively Wait. have to beat the arms race defensively in order to get out of this cycle because if you can't do that they can still enforce 
the unreasonable expectation that you are to work in a situation that is below what ought to be expected for any human being. Yeah. You're going to be forced into it, right? Like you're going to be held at, you know, what is, what is a proverbial gunpoint and sometimes a literal gunpoint in order to do what the people who are paying the guys with the guns tell you to do. Yeah. I mean, the, the workers movement in this country, it wasn't like they just, held hands and saying kumbaya i mean people were murdered by literal mercenaries and the police and all kinds of other things so that we we that way we could have things like a five day 40 hour work week and other benefits of that nature it's not like that was something that was just given to us because the capitalist class was like hey you know what you guys have been exhibiting such great child labor and have been doing such a great job working 12 hours a day, seven days a week that, you know what, how about this? <laughs> take, 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 take Saturday and Sunday on us. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, the, so I, I was trying to figure out the, the name of this massacre. Um, have you ever heard of the Ludlow massacre? feel like i have but i can't remember the details so so share it well there is there is this this thing called the colorado coal wars and okay um in in ludlow you had the single most deadly incident which lasted from 1913 to 1914 so september to december um and the strike uh, of course was against these coal mining companies and uh, 21 people died, so that's pretty fucked up. Uh, and uh, of course, the the guy who who owned, I bet I bet you could probably guess who owned that mine without saying anything else. The, so the time period is 1913 and 1914, and uh, and there were strikes against this company that killed people. Wait, which time? 1913 to 1914. And there's like a there's like a big five, but this guy was the richest and nastiest of all of them. Uh, was it the Morgan Stanley? I don't know. John D. Rockefeller. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Motherfucker. Chief owner of the <laughs> mine. Yep. Orchestrated the massacre. Yeah, he busted that shit right up. Yep. How dare you how dare you not work in my mind dare you not work we're gonna fucking kill your ass how dare you not make me more rich than i already am mm. yeah it totally seems worth it yeah, it's ridiculous yeah you gotta tamp that shit down real quick and, 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 and before the uh the other unwashed masses start getting any funny ideas yeah you gotta nip it in the bud mm. yeah oh this is the sorry this is the uh the junior John D. Rockefeller Jr. that did this. Mm. Uh, his father was the Standard Oil uh, founder, co-founder. Oh, man. Yeah. It's fucked up. Guy looks like a fucking prick. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> what a terrible human <laughs> if he, being. If you looked dapper as hell, would it, would it have made it okay? Oh, he looks dapper as hell, but he, he's oh. got this like face of evil. <laughs> you just know, man. You just know by looking at him. <laughs> No, he is tell. You could see it in his eyes. 
Speaking of uh, not total piece of shit capitalist, uh, what do you know about Chef Boyardee? Like minimal? What what's going on with him? What... So Chef Boyardee, he's kind of like a um, I would I would say like a Colonel Sanders character. Oh, cool. Uh, in his uh. You know, I mean, capitalism blows, but, uh, you know, if uh, the worst of the ruling class was Chef Boyardee characters, then maybe it would be halfway okay, maybe, possibly, I don't know. But the So basically, uh, there's a petition in Cleveland, Ohio, for wanting to remove um, a Columbus statue because Columbus was a douchebag that didn't even discover North America and <laughs> raped and pillaged a bunch of people, right? Pretty terrible. And uh, Chef Boyardee was an Italian immigrant to the United States during the uh, 1800s, mm-hmm. and he moved uh, to New York and then later Cleveland and opened up an Italian restaurant. And I guess at that time, in in, a, in Cleveland, and I guess at that time, being in the Midwest, an Italian was exotic and fancy, and so people had never tasted these delicious meals like spaghetti and lasagna. And he oh, so rare, <laughs> so quaint. And uh, he he did really well, made a name for himself, and uh, ended up uh, creating a, a factory, producing his uh, fine wares. And um, when uh, World War uh, I think uh, two was coming around, uh, basically he made a lot of the MREs for uh, uh, the war, That's the war awesome. effort. And basically, uh, the reason why Chef Boyardee uh, canned uh, Italian food taste the way it does is because I uh, basically took the MREs and then just spiced them up a little bit and started selling them to the public. So there you go. <laughs> Fun facts. <laughs> that is effectively what it tastes like. I feel like yeah. I'm just like chalking up on sodium and it's like, oh, man, there's way too many bad nutrients in here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it all made sense after I read that. It's like, oh. Yeah, it does taste like trash. Yeah, how how does it how does it feel to know that you're eating canned MREs growing up? <laughs> I mean, it's still better than eating Vienna sausages. <laughs> Wait, but I ate those too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not the feeling from that isn't worse than the Vienna sausage feeling. That's what I'm saying. It's like on a, if it was on a scale. Mm-hmm. I don't know it. Um, I don't know. It's uh, somewhere between SpaghettiOs and Vienna sausages. SpaghettiOs are gross, but at least SpaghettiOs don't have meat in them. Mm-hmm. What really makes the fucking uh, Boyardee ravioli gross is the fact that it has that weird beef meat paste in it. Yeah, what the fuck is that stuff? <laughs> it's a step up from Vienna sausages is what it is. It's actually like a Vienna sausages that have been mashed up and like colored yeah. brown. <laughs> exactly. Because Vienna sausages are like a kind of like this off-white beige color. Yeah, no meat's that color. Yeah. yeah it's, it's off-putting the color that it is. It's pretty weird. Yeah, they bleach the shit out of it because it looks this weird greenish-brown color when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is awesome, though. Uh, what if we could just replace all of the terrible statues? What What's up with the the like the iconography in general? Like the the this kind of um this ritualistic iconography that goes on in American culture. I mean, I guess it comes I, from a lot of other countries too, but still. 
My my best guess, and perhaps I'm wrong, is I think it gets blown up more than it actually is, as basically all of our politics is just juxtaposing on these cultural issues and mm-hmm. not actually talking about any of the meat. Like yeah. everything we've talked about in this podcast up to this point, you couldn't include just about any of it on a mainstream news network talking about child labor and uh they don't want to talk about that shit. everything that we use and how capitalism is just a bunch of monopolies right mm-hmm. and so when you avoid all of those topics instead you have to create a flame war of just hyping up uh you got this group that wants to tear down these confederate statues you got this group that doesn't and i'm not i'm not saying that there isn't um a divide there but I think it uh, just absorbs a lot of the uh, the air. And and why do people? Why are people so obsessed with the Confederate statues? I don't know. I think it's just mm-hmm. reactionary people. Reactionary. You know, it, it's just like yeah. all lives versus Black Lives Matter, right? It's it's this group ex- exists. They want to do something. Oh. Let's create a counter group that's anti that thing you want to do. Right. Let's just hone in on something really simple and easy and material to talk down against. It's like, oh yeah, everybody knew that Jackson was bad. Okay, you know, like that's that's pretty easy. It doesn't change what he did. If you want to actually reverse some of the things that uh, the like the Trail of Tears, for example, did, then. Mm-hmm. How about you give Native Americans a lot of their land back? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, uh, yeah, I, I've seen some pretty good memes lately. Of it'll at the top, it'll say defund the police, and then it'll be Nancy Pelosi taking a knee in the Kente cloth. It's like, no, I said defund the police, and then it'll be um, uh, uh, Washington D.C. Mayor paints black uh, lives matter. She's like, no. I said defund the police. Yeah, and then I'm asking it'll for be something specific. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it's just all the different things they're doing. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly all, it. All you're, of us, got... as uh, as people who have so minimal a voice in this discourse, have to simplify our message to such a great degree that not only can it be convoluted by stupid-ass politicians who would be willing to subvert it or – uh, exactly. skirt around it for their own political gain uh but it's not in their benefit to do so like they have to embellish a lot of these things in order to make them uh substantial enough to this you know this odd pageantry that we have subjected exactly. ourselves to for for far too long like what if you had a politician that like their entire podium was like a minimum or like a maximum of 10 words it's like, all right, so I'm just going to, like, make sure that, like, I'm always going to, like, stand for these words. Like, all right, child labor. Like, any time that, like, somebody starts talking about trade with other countries, I'm just going to stand up and be the guy that says, <clears throat> child labor. And then just sit down. Like, that's it. That's all they say. It's like, you know where they stand on the issue. They're not going to support any country or any trade partner that in any way, shape, or form deals with child labor. And hopefully right. over time they'll just be like, ah, oh, yeah. There's really no way to misconstrue what that guy's saying. Like, eh, they really just yeah. don't like child labor. That's just kind of how it is. That's true. It's like, but yeah. if we're saying like defund police, it's like, no, it's, it's like, why, why does that have to be uh, uh, pregnant with the with uh, peripheral topics? 
Like just it's talking about money, and if the money's not going to the police officers, then you have the yeah. less police officers. That's because doing all like the woke signaling cultural stuff is a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Look how much we're in the know. It's like God, exactly. I don't care. Like just fucking represent us. Like to stop trying to pretend like you're all competent and shit. Just 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 be a fucking machine. Be a robot politician and just do what your constituency wants you to do. Unless you happen to have a constituency that's evil as hell, and if that's the case, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Don't <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> My constituency wants me to support uh, Southern heritage in all ways, shapes, and forms. So in the instance that Mississippi wants to keep the battle flag, uh, I think they changed that. Did they recently change it? They changed it. Okay. Yeah, they changed it. It was, uh, I think, like 80-some votes to 34. And people were like, yay, Mississippi got rid of it. And then someone was pointing out that. 34 is a lot of votes for nay. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, uh, that's not zero. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty significant mm-hmm. number. Yeah. But yeah, they, they finally got rid of the Confederate flag at their state oh, capitol. great. That thing that lost a bajillion years ago. Yeah, and I bet they're all looking around like, you happy now? Everybody happy now? It's like, no. It's it's kind of like if you were like that kid on too the playground. Too late, too late. Yeah, you were, you were walking around and like whapping kids, and the teacher comes up to you and it's like, hey, stop whapping kids. And then the bully like looks up at the teacher and it's like, okay, I stopped whapping kids. Are you happy now? Give me a piece of candy. It's like, it's like no. no. You, you just you, you did yeah. you did you did a not bad thing. It doesn't mean that you get a fucking reward. Exactly. Like, straighten up, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah. God damn. It's incredible. Ugh. I uh, yeah. No, that's that's exactly it. Like you guys are too old for this shit. Like you you you're not you're not that stupid. Come on, stop that. Like hold out your hand. Bad. 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 Uh, it's incredible. Yeah. Oh, uh, I like this. Uh, this Las Vegas police department trying to uh, charge the the um, the city more for body cams. Oh my god, that's pretty great. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, like one hour of footage is four hours of work, so we're gonna need two hundred and eighty dollars worth for every hour of body camera. It's like that. You just no. <laughs> Just record the shit. Like, I, I mean, if you want the city to pay for it, like, fine. Like, I, I don't see any inherent issue with that. In fact, like, in fact, if we can impress upon the police officers just this mind-boggling amount of sirens that they have to, like, put on their shoulders to alert people they're approaching and, like, all kinds of body cams, like, I'll pay extra for that shit. I'll pay extra for that shit all day. Yo. Wait, for which part? So they want say they said that they were going to charge the public $280 for every hour of body-worn camera footage. I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's necessarily commiserate with the actual workload involved. Like, how about you guys just go ahead and put them on your bodies? Like, we'll, we'll, we'll pay for the cameras. You just put them on your what? bodies. Maintain them. That's all you need to do. Just take the footage and record the goddamn footage. <laughs> put it in a goddamn just, computer. Uh, lock it away. But it does... It just doesn't make sense why they would charge the public. The public is already paying you. The public paid for those exactly. fucking cameras. If they pay for like, the cameras, like if all of the why, like, technological, why, yeah. like that, that's all paid for. 
it's done. Like, as far as the processing is concerned, like, only process the shit that we want to see. Like, if somebody has a complaint, yeah. all right, bring up the footage. Like, like okay, uh, you know, like, you got to process right. it. It's like, we have to blur up people's faces. I'm like, okay, just show it to, like, the, the judge or something, and, like, they can see it with all the people's faces. Like, just quit, quit with all this bullshit. Like, chances are yeah. if somebody's bringing up a complaint, they don't care whose face they can see. I did. I have heard one person though. I've only heard one though, so it's only one counter argument. But he is uh, a progressive person, mm. so it makes me think that maybe there's some truth to it. Basically, making the argument that police with body cams are going are aren't necessarily going to make us more safe on the basis that they can turn them on and off and that basically they can use the footage as evidence to hold people guilty more easily yeah. or some shit like that. If they're not basically. using them constantly, it completely defeats the purpose because it's it's for accountability. Um, right. it, it's so that the rest of the public, which now does have smartphones, and I think that that's like that's the single greatest deterrent from a police officer doing some dumbass shit. Hopefully, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Hopefully, if 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 we have learned nothing else as a society from the killing of George Floyd, it's that you're going to be held responsible in the instance that you do something blatantly terrible in public. People are going to be able to record you, and they will put it on a loudspeaker, hopefully to a great enough degree that we're going to hold you personally accountable for the dumbass evil shit that you're doing. So yeah. the body camera thing, like, sure, like in a perfect society policemen would wear body cameras and it would be blatantly obvious that it was on all the time they would approach your vehicle very carefully in the instance that it was a traffic stop right. and they would say if you don't mind i'm actually going to use this camera because it benefits us both i hope you don't mind like i mean right. they would be relatively cordial instead of like this you know what you see commonly <laughs> confrontational yeah they're like es uh, escalating hey, roll, roll it, the situation roll your window down more roll your, i fucking told you roll your window down you better listen to me you fucking little bitch <laughs> Whoa. yeah pretty much you're not that's not far different well and the other thing they were commenting on is the fact that the body camera faces you it doesn't face the officer mm. so you have no way of knowing what the officer is doing with their hands or with their body language yeah while they're recording yeah, so they, I, they they could be doing anything, you know, to escalate the situation in that way, and uh, but they could be saying something different that's being recorded by the cam too. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just things I never considered before that because I've always just bought hook, line, and sinker. That yeah, of course it's good, but then when you add in the layer of these assholes can turn them on and off, and that uh, yeah, you can't see what the officer's doing. That that basically the argument was that. Uh, it's similar to um, uh, these cameras that they're putting all over streetlights and stuff like that in cities, videotaping people, just increasing the level of our uh, security police state. So I was like, huh, now now I'm conflicted. See, look, look at me, Tim. I'm doing what we talked about earlier in the episode. I'm taking in information. I'm thinking about it and I'm growing and I'm changing. <laughs> <laughs> See? Now I thought I thought I believed one thing, and now maybe I don't believe it as much as I believed it before. Yeah, that's that's a good point, dude. Um, See, look at me. I'm so good. Praise me. Do I get a piece of candy now? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a piece of candy. I'll, I'll save it for next time. <laughs> yeah, you did so good, Jimmy. So, thanks, man. <laughs> 
<sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about any of that. Um, but regardless, they shouldn't be allowed to pay charge two hundred eighty dollars an hour. Yeah, how much? So <laughs> in the case of the once drone technology increases to the degree that we'll be able to equip each officer with a a drone that allows the situation from a 360 degree point of view to be observed, um, which I feel like is just better for everybody. You know, like just you, you get out of your car. As soon as you like unlock your car, it automatically starts the drone that's held in its docking station on the roof of the car. It pops up and it just follows within like a five foot perimeter of the police officer it's not getting anybody's way it's not equipped with any kind of weaponry so don't you dare try to do that you fucking asshole police officers that want to... <laughs> can we put a rocket launcher on it it's like no you can't put a rocket launcher on it. good god <laughs> it's just watching people like i feel like if you're not able to defund the police then at the very least you need to restrict their ability to be able to do fucked up shit as much as possible um mm-hmm. so how do you go about that? I, oh, I saw the first episode of the Watchmen series, which I fucking despised. Absolutely terrible. I don't know if we've already talked about this. but this uh, is... I think you sent me a text or something saying that you watched it, mm-hmm. and then I, I felt good that the fact that I have been ignoring the, its existence. It's bad. It came out. But okay. in the first ten minutes of the, of the, uh, of the episode, uh-huh. interesting little thing. Uh, we've got a police officer in a routine traffic stop. The guy seems a little yep. shifty, you know, like he's got some like unusual symbols in his car. I mean, it's very reminiscent of uh, a, um, uh, you know, let's say a dude with a Confederate battle flag on his license plate, you know, some something akin okay. to that. So it's very relevant for contemporary culture. So is it? But like too on the nose of just making it it's pretty on the nose like it's it's apparent that this guy is like associated with some kind of white supremacist group because you've got a white guy that's being pulled over by a black cop first and foremost second the guy is like giving him a little bit of lip like he's like i don't have to answer to you blah 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 blah. he's like what's in the back of your truck and it's like it's just cabbage or you know like something something, something it's stupid just it's just fucking cabbage man uh, so the guy's like, all right, this seems real suspicious. So he goes back I'm to his car. I'm a cabbage vendor. Yeah, cabbage, you know, like I'm, I farmed the cabbages. He goes back to his <laughs> cruiser, uh, and he's talking with some guys on, uh, on, on his, uh, on his radio. He's like, okay, uh, this guy seems fishy as fuck. Request firearm. And they're like, well, you feel like your life's in danger. And he's like, yes, I feel like my life's in danger. Request firearm. And he reaches down, and in his console is his holster. It's not on his hip. It's like tied to this thing where he has to call in uh, the ability to be able to pull out his lethal fucking weapon. And you can tell where this is headed because the people on the wire are reluctant to give him his firearm. So it's like, all right, all right. I, I, I see where you're going with this. It's like this process is too bureaucratic and inefficient for the police officer to be able to defend himself in the situation that a violent uh, you know, criminal is going to – uh, try and, and and use lethal force against them. So this guy's trying to pull it out, pull it out. It's like you can feel the tension growing. And then as soon as they're like, okay, fine, have the firearm, and he pulls it out, the guy shoots him through the windshield. It's like, no duh. Like the guy he was pulling over shoots him. The through guy the shoots windshield. him through the windshield. He had gotten out. He's wearing a Rorschach mask, and he shoots him through the windshield. 
Yeah, it's stupid. And then he throws a cabbage, <laughs> a, ca- a head of cabbage on his lap. It's just like, Wait. what the hell is going on here? It's like it's just like this <laughs> stupid, like uh, reactionary diatribe. It's like I've seen that. I've, I've like, mm. it just uh, annoys me just how basic it was. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, that's why you can't impede the uh, police officer's ability to be able to use lethal force because then you have criminals who have the ability to use lethal force. By the way, he shot him with a fully automatic gun. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's not very common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's extremely uncommon. It's like, well, if the bad and- guys, if the only people that had illegal fuck? fully automatic firearms are the criminals, what are you going to do about it? You have to <laughs> arm your police officers with fully automatic <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, I don't it's incredible I don't th- you see if criminals are the only ones that have grenades then you have yeah, to yeah. arm your police officers <laughs> with grenades <laughs> yeah. in exactly, order to man. combat them I don't know yeah. I think you should just like put your police officers in like this super velvety plush dome of protection like they don't mm-hmm. have anything but they are completely impenetrable like there's no <laughs> way a bullet gets in and they just like walk around all day in that super hot and sweaty, nasty thing, just being Hamster like, "Hamster ball." Um, excuse me, sir. Like, I'm in my protective garb, as you can see. Would you mind recording this incident? Yada yada yada. And then they're like, "Fuck you, cop!" And they try to shoot him. And they're like, "Sorry, sir, that actually doesn't work here. Would you mind complying?" <laughs> they just they just push the cops hamster ball down a hill no please don't do that they can make it like unpushable over like it just looks like a giant traffic cone that they get inside of and then like in the instance the police officers have to detain somebody they just make like a little circle around them and like people are like trying to get out and they're like no sir stop resisting arrest until they just get tired and they're like fine i'm done (laughs) the cone's indestructible sir you're only hurting yourself it's really hot in here we'd like to be done with this sooner rather than later if you just stop resisting arrest or you stop resisting that's the way to do it man that's that's the key a fully protective bulletproof safety cones that are untippable overable (laughs) yeah stop giving them tanks and 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 assault weapons just like put them in safety cones (laughs) safety cones for justice i'm starting it right now hashtag safety cones for justice just have Inspector Gadget make all of their non-lethal weapons for them. Yeah, hell yeah. That's the best way to go about it. Oh, did you hear about Chop, by the way? Uh, No, I have not been keeping up. Oh, police broke that shit up, and I can't find a, a source on how many people were injured in the process. Hmm. Hopefully when, no one when died. That when that happened? Uh, it happened yesterday. Yeah, it started early in the morning. They they went in. Um, That's how they always do it. Yeah, I think they went in from the north side and uh, just pushed him away. Uh, you know, they had a bunch of, like, batons in hand. And, you know, they had, like, a bunch of helmets and bulletproof garb on. And um, they said, um, what, disperse or you will be arrested. And they just, like, repeated that as they marched forward and, you know, pushed people out of the way. And I think they the greatest number that I saw so far was 31 arrests. Mm. Um, but I'm like, I, I, I sincerely doubt like with, with what it took in order to secure that area and what it seemed to have meant from a political standpoint, in, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the, in this culture of protests that we're going through currently, mm-hmm. I sincerely doubt that people would have just given up that easily. Just been like, Oh, there's a bunch of cops. I guess I'm just going to walk away. 
Like, yeah, I sincerely doubt that. I would I would bet that a couple people would have stood their ground, and a lot of those probably were the 31 people that got apprehended and arrested. Mm-hmm. But I, I doubt that everybody just walked away unhurt. And wouldn't that, wouldn't <laughs> oh, that kind yeah, of, like, no, disrupted no. the narrative? Because they were like, oh, well, you know, like, CHOP was deemed to be unsafe, so we sent in police officers in order to, to bring beat the, the shit out of people back to the yeah. area. Exactly. It's <laughs> like those people, a, a lot of people, <laughs> I would, I guarantee fucking tea, a lot of people got yeah. the, their teeth kicked in oh, because yeah, of sure. the, uh, and you can, you can see in the fucking videos, like, there's these big-ass cops that are just like, fucking comply, citizen, and they're like, checking people in the back, and it's like, it's not good. Yeah. Like, it's like fucking dog piling on them. I know what kind of, exactly, it's like, they'll knock a Stop guy resisting. down. I'm not resisting. And the guy's like, he's huddled up in like a fetal position, and they're like, alright, that's their first arrest, buzz, and they just like, swamp them. <laughs> like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing what an organized militant action can do. Yeah. Oh, just storm through. Man, I hate to think what would have happened if if somebody had anticipated that kind of offensive maneuver and they had tried to. Oh, there you go. Yeah. If they had like ambushed them, man, the um, God, what what would have what would have happened? I mean, that would have been that would have been fucking terrible. Oh man. Because all it would have taken, like, if one person, and maybe that's why the protesters backed down the way they did, because they recognized what the police were probably willing to do. If one person would have opened fire on that group of police officers, every oh, single one of those armed people would have immediately would have been... dropped their batons and killed the shit out of anyone inside. Oh, yeah. They would have murdered everybody. They, it would have been a goddamn massacre. massacre. Yeah. It, it, and they would have they would have done so with this kind of immunity where they would be like, Oh, exactly. well, we were trying to bring control back to the area because yeah. obviously these rioters were willing to fire on a law enforcement officer that we're, we're serving and protecting. Obviously it's like all we're of serving and protecting all of these by people, killing all of them. Exactly. Yeah. All of these people out here that had their, their businesses shut down or when, when unable to, um, acquire the revenues that they had effectively been promised from the surrounding area or whatever. I don't know. You know, all yeah. these people are suing the city because they don't have law enforcement. So that means we got to get our asses back in there and we have to protect those private property rights. I mean, we got to protect those citizens and ensure that everybody's rights are going to be upheld. It's exactly yeah. what we need to do. God, I'm tired of hearing people say that shit. Like, I'm sick of it. It's like, pretty exhausting, oh, what man. What do you do? All those rioters that are. What about all those people with those businesses? They work so hard. Those mom and pop businesses. She worked so hard to get those off the ground, and then all of a sudden, these rioters come in and they're breaking the windows and they're looting. Like, what do you expect the police officers to do? It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> You'd never find ourselves in situations like this if it wasn't the police that were overstepping their bounds to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of the ingenious thing of the the causality of the the whole situation we're in in the first place is that these protests were sparked by police brutality and that police continue to respond to the protest – with police brutality, so it's this constant feedback loop mm-hmm. where where the the contradictions can never resolve themselves. Yeah, 
And um, yeah. Yeah, you can so, look at a, a police officer and be like, hey, bet you won't shoot me, and then pretend like you're reaching for a gun and they shoot you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it's like they, you're, you, you've already kind of like primed them. Uh, mm-hmm. And in a certain extent, they know that they're going to be protected by the law. I, I think that's that's the, that's a good thing that can come out of this. Like you recognize the officer that killed George Floyd as being someone who can be uh, potentially harmed through this situation. Like the the community can speak out if there is a great enough people, a great enough right. volume of people to speak out against the actions of that person. You will be held accountable. There's a lot of variables that have to line up there in order for that to be the case. But hopefully yeah. if you have for enough For one instance to be held accountable. Exactly. But you want to make it yep. seem like it's more. You you, you want to you want to ultimately do this on a large enough scale that you can bring the fear of God into these police officers so that they're going to be hesitant enough to not do some stupid bullshit like putting their knee on somebody's neck. Yeah. Like, God – it's like I've done a lot of I've done a lot of martial arts. That's not necessary. That's not fucking necessary. Like, yeah. Especially if you're like a if you're like a big ass cop that's been you know weightlifting all day and oh this guy's like strung out on coke. It's like okay. <laughs> so you've got it. You got to choke him out. Like that's necessary. It's like no. I recognize this guy is stigmatized enough that I'm able to use violent force and I hardly ever get to use these tactics that have been ingrained in me as being what is necessary mm-hmm. so i'm gonna fucking do it I'm gonna fucking you know if this guy dies in the process like so be it he shouldn't have been a criminal or whatever right uh, i feel like I've, I'm, yeah. I'm finding like it really hard to talk about things other than this jimmy i'm sorry <laughs> i'm really sorry no nah, you're cool man get it out uh I was like, I guess, like, I just don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't, I don't see how, um, like, even like uh, joining into a, uh, a, a chop equivalent protest. I know it's redundant. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what that would do. Like, they've already shown us that it is possible to be able to push out a police department. Like it from from a strategic standpoint, it's possible to do that, uh, and and that that was important in and of itself. But to do that consistently requires resource support that most communities are probably not able to give, namely because the individuals who are putting on these protests are not the the people who stand to benefit from them. Mm-hmm. Um. Or uh, wait, did I say that right? Uh, well, I get what you're saying. The people are putting on the protests aren't the people that um have the resources. Like they're already disenfranchised people. Exactly. So like the people who maintain a high quality of life prior to all the shit going down, they they right, want the no status quo to be maintained. Take... Yeah, like they're 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 doing just groovy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I'm fearful that if like a police department, like if 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 law enforcement falls by the wayside, people are immediately going to storm the gates of my estate and try to take my shit. It's like, well, maybe you should consider why you have so much shit to begin with. Like if, right. if you have this like glaring eyesore of an estate, that's just <laughs> sticking out like a sore thumb, <laughs> maybe you need to reconsider your materialistic lifestyle or the way in which you've conducted your, um, your spending habits. 
This is silly. Like don't don't be ostentatious with your wealth. Um, don't don't uh, don't show it off to begin with. I mean, I guess that's an entirely different thing to complain about. Yeah, it's a separate separate issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally don't be so wealthy, you stupid wealthy neighborhoods. You didn't look so wealthy. <laughs> the looters wouldn't be so incentivized to take your wealthy thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess that does sound pretty pretty bad. <laughs> but when you consider that there are very clear um, differences in neighborhoods, uh, these these contemporary segregated areas, oh yeah, uh, in, in which like once you cross a certain line, once you go past a certain block, you see all of the houses just increase in quality and size, like mm-hmm. the the the. Um, uh, the the area in which the house resides gets bigger. Uh, all of the municipal areas are are upkept. You know, all the roads and phone lines, everything just looks fucking right. better. <laughs> I I mean, I, I I grew up near one of those places. Like, I I know what that's like. Uh, the the I typically would would drive past uh, when I was in high school. I would drive past an area that was obviously uh, a segregated neighborhood. And this was in the 90s, uh, or I mean, this was in the the early 2000s and the 90s that that we lived in this area, and uh, you know, it was very apparent in Western Kentucky that it was still segregated, even if it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a legal segregation, like it wasn't like Jim Crow uh, laws. It was still very apparent that it was just wealth. Wealth has a way of segregating people pretty effectively without any yeah laws enforcing it. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Poor people of color over here, rich white folk over here. Yeah, everybody's where no. they're supposed to be. Everybody's equal. Mm. <laughs> See, it's all fair. See, no one made them live over there. Yeah. No one made them live in that shitty neighborhood. Yeah. They chose to because they're stupid. <laughs> if they wanted to work harder, then they could they live w- over here with us. <laughs> Yeah, they worked harder. They could come live with us in the next neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Man, <laughs> how about this bar lives matter shit? God damn it, that's ridiculous. I mean, this is kind of it's. A, I I really like the idea that uh, all American businesses are tiny or like small mom and pop businesses. Yeah, which is you know not necessarily shedding any light on on this article, but. Uh, there's this this general rhetoric that like whenever they're talking about um, well, private property the, laws and and ex- the endorsements of corporations, there's yeah. always this image of a small mom and pop, uh, you know, business that like was because built that's from the, the image up. everyone fucking cares about. Yeah. If they talked about it in context to fucking Walmart and Amazon, no one would give a shit, mm-hmm. right? But if you talk about it to the extent of you know. Uh, think about you know, little Betsy's Cafe or whatever. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, little Betsy's Cafe deserves to exist. Yeah, Guillermo was an immigrant and he worked his ass off working 
24-hour shifts. You know, you don't ask, don't ask how it's possible. This guy just works yeah. ridiculously hard. And eventually exactly. he made it. And then a rioter threw a brick through his window. Exactly. COVID came around and the government shut his restaurant down. And now he's right. like, how am I going to pay all well, of my bills? Yeah. I mean, and in that case, like, it does suck. Because, I mean, the government was more than happy to uh pay uh, give money to the fucking cruise industry and the airline industry to keep them afloat while small businesses that were equally affected didn't get the same treatment yeah. so i mean yeah i do feel bad for them and to the extent you know you, you have a, i mean there's tons of small businesses that are going to go down and fucking die and it's just going to get even more consolidated by our, our mega corporations that already have all the wealth to begin with i mean i think the uh the fool's errand was in the first place the idea that these small businesses could ever compete with these corporate giants that are the stock market and everything else of our fucking economy i mean i don't know mm. if anything the small business owners should be radicalized and be like you know what the system is fucking rigged and trash mm-hmm. <laughs> well i want to burn it down too uh, it sounds like you're a disruptophobe, jimmy uh no i i, I think that <laughs> you know what i mean like like <laughs> I if do, i, I if if I worked my fucking balls off to the extent of sacrificing my free time and life just so I could own some shitty business that leaves me in perpetual anxiety and terror that uh, whether or not I'm going to be able to uh, pay all my employees at the end of the month, mm-hmm. I, I don't see how, um, I don't know, getting shafted by COVID and uh the federal government would make me mm-hmm. even more of a, a capitalist i don't know i feel like they should effectively act as an insurance policy at that point uh and the, if if you're paying uh the obscene amount of taxes that you are as a sole proprietor of a small business right then it would seem that they would want to compensate you for the risk that you're personally undertaking. And it's probably one of the few instances that I'm going to say that like, hey, you know, capitalism on a very small scale is not nearly as, I mean, like, once again, you don't want to establish the hierarchy, but it's not nearly as bad as these folks that are running the fucking system on everybody. Like you have large lending institutions that are effectively suckling at the teat of the taxpayers. And any time that they make a bad business decision, decision, fuck it. They're, you know, they're so deep in bed with, with uh, the federal government that there's no way that you can even tell them apart. So they have to bail each other out and, or, you know, constantly line each other's pocket. These people who are on, on, you know, down the street from you are entirely, it's entirely different. Uh, like, and these are a lot of these folks happen to be pretty conservative simply because it's like, well, I don't know how I'm going to survive if like taxes go up anymore. So I'm going to advocate for every tax cut that is possible, even if that means it's going to support, you know, my my massive retail competitor that it's going to run me out of business one day because I don't have another option. I've already spent every penny I own right. to to try to do this thing, so I didn't have to submit myself to. Uh, you know, the other retail giant that's over here, or maybe the very one that I'm trying to compete against that I'm just biding my time until they happen to open up a location down the street and run me out of business simply because they have a better advertising campaign than I do. Right. It's like, fuck that shit. Ugh. Uh, I think so, the answer is a co-op, and, and I don't know enough about co-oping to... 
you know, to fill in all of the details. I, I've just started researching it over the last few months. Um, yeah. You know, one of these days, I mean, it, it, that sounds like the way to go. Like you get some yeah, like-minded people together, cool. you, you democratically choose the way to run the business. Um, yeah, make decisions as a whole. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's ideal. The issue is that our lending institutions aren't created to oh, yeah. lend money to a group of people mm -hmm. that <laughs> are wanting to collectively create a co-op or something like that yeah. of mitigated risk and things of that nature. Like that's not, I mean, if you're a sole proprietor of a business, you know, you can file bankruptcy <laughs> and it's all on yourself. There's not like a legal framework, at least that I'm aware of in the United States. So I yeah. would like to run this business with me and my 15 comrades. Exactly. <laughs> and then they're like, um, I'm sorry. So which one of you is going to be wearing the jacket that is sewn out of stakes? It's like, um, actually yeah. we're all going to unravel the jacket and we're each going to be holding a stake. So in the instance that one of you tried to go after us, we can run it behind you and hit your goddamn wolf head right, <laughs> right in the noggin with a steel pipe. Um, just, yeah. just in case you try to try to bite one of us. So fuck you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or in the instance that you're not even using the lending institution, if you, if you are, uh, you know, actually trying to, um, uh, you know, build a business from the ground up with the money that you, you have, I mean, like it might take a lot of people to do it, but at the very least you, you can have a committee, um, that's democratically operated based on. Uh, you know the number of people that are involved. I, I don't. I don't necessarily know how it's going to work as far as um, you know labeling ownership. I think that's kind of where it gets a little bit dicey. Exactly, because it's like they want to know who to attack. Like in the instance yeah, that stuff goes wrong, like, they want to know who they can like hold accountable, who they can you know delineate their justice to. <laughs> exactly. And so it'd be a hard pill to swallow of like, all right, Tom, you're going to get everything written in your name, but then we're all going to run it together. Okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know, man. It seems kind of scary. Yeah. We Can we not all sign by the dotted line? It's like, no, not according to our legal institutions. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you guys can't. So, uh, yeah. Tom, you, you, uh, go, go sign that line, yeah. buddy. And you okay? You can get this, yeah. uh. We can get this business up on the road. Yeah, you good? You good? Go go ahead. This is gonna nope. this is gonna be the best uh soy cafe you've ever seen. It, it's gonna yeah, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna be absolutely fantastic. You you never seen soy shakes like this. I don't know, man. In COVID times, it just seems like a really business proposition to sell soy soy shakes. No, man. There's a lot of soy boys out there. You know, soy boys. <laughs> what soy they want boys. more than anything is more soy's. God damn it. <laughs> We got, we got, we got soys for days, y'all. So many soys. Mmm. Lap it up. You'll love it. Yum, yum, yum. We got bears. Silver lining. Silver lining. <laughs> silver lining of uh, co-ops or silver lining of soy boys? <laughs> I don't know. Silver lining of uh, the way in which our system is systematically fucking us. <laughs> fucking us ass. Uh, we didn't even talk about this. We got uh, we're twenty twenty year uh, I don't know high market recovery something stock market's doing great. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Where where is yeah. this? Um, the uh, yeah best quarter in decades. Nice. 
Well, so it's that's kind of a misleading title. So like best quarter basically means like highest change in growth yeah. over compared to the previous quarter. So the previous quarter it was low. The market crashed. Oh yeah, it then, was bad. And then the Fed came in and said, "Hey, no matter what your losses are, we'll give you the money for it." And then the market recovered. So it's like it's misleading, but at the same time, I mean, it's it's true that what is where the the stock market's basically back where it was at prior to crashing. Did those numbers constantly like does that par that middle does it constantly change? Like what is that? What is the zero line? The zero is I don't know the the base might i don't know wow okay so what was going on in like 2003 it's like we've got like a zero. <laughs> oh wait no wait the the line that's going off of from like positive and negative percentage no the the line that everything else is based off of like how do you establish it, it's that? just it's it's the change it's the change in growth so if you have it as so like okay so whatever if 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 it went down by five percent then that's the new zero you're just measuring the change each quarter so it's the the line itself is constantly fluctuating exactly each each next bar is being compared to the previous quarter oh my god that's so fucking stupid i mean it's not stupid if you're measuring growth per quarter but but it's all a differential like yeah uh, it's it's only good at showing you this very specific thing i mean you can go look up at different charts if you want to go look up like the actual the the actual (laughs) market value numbers yeah exactly 500 or this is just showing growth over time yeah which makes it seem like awesome it's like 19.9 percent growth yeah in the second quarter that's fucking awesome it's like yeah but the previous quarter was it was down to like 2008 levels man yeah exactly it's really fucking bad an extremely turbulent quarter for the stock market no duh because this is this is the the pattern that you always get in like uh, people are hunky dory. Something terrible goes wrong, and then everybody freaks out, and all the prices go down. And then these wolves are like, "I smell beef." And then they go and they take a bite out of whatever unsuspecting person out there that's wearing that goddamn steak jacket. And then, boop, 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 we're back up twenty percent, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah got to come from somewhere. It's not like they're just like, oh, man, you know, we were just so goddamn ingenuitive in this last quarter. Like, all these new technologies right. were invented. All this value was created. Yeah. I don't know how it happened because it was actually a really difficult time. It's like, wait a second. Like, where's all this value coming from? Like, how did it increase like that? That's fantastic. Growth, you say. Hmm. <laughs> What does that mean? Can you explain it to me, Jimmy? I I, I really Gross. don't understand. Like, what's what's going on with that? Why is the, why is Wait, this uh, why is this novel? Uh, oh, it's novel. It's just I mean, it's just what I said earlier that the the Fed has basically promised the stock market that it'll just continually funnel money to them. Mm. Uh, one word for that is called quantitative easing, mm. where you basically have lending institutions or a federal bank just giving money directly to wall street and uh mm-hmm. lenders that seems neat banks big banks mm-hmm. uh so that way they uh yeah so it's just it's basically just not 
<laughs> allocate it to any of the things you said earlier of innovation or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the, the the market crashed because the the economy closed up from the uh, COVID sanctions or yeah, not sanctions, but whatever. Uh, Close enough. Closing up. Yeah. All whatever that word. Quarantine goodness. Quarantine goodness. Yeah. And then yeah, I don't know. It's it's not good. It's not based on anything material. I feel so hollow inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm looking at this graph and I was like, what is like I feel like this could also be a graph that would show me it's like the you know, the um the likelihood that a child in a third world country is going to have to pick more or less blueberries by the season or something. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Exactly. Well, it goes up in the summer and it goes down in the winter and then it goes up in <laughs> yeah. the summer. And it's like, what the fuck? Oh, well people, yeah. people in the United States actually uh, took a disliking to blueberries for acai <laughs> right here in uh, 2008. So, oh, that sucks for them. Damn. <laughs> I guess they didn't yeah. have to work as hard, but they were also starving. Mm. Really sucks. Well, and it's also incredible, too, that it was able to recover considering that prior to the whole COVID situation, we, uh, uh, I mean, the economy was shit, but at least we had a low unemployment rate. And now our official unemployment rate is still hovering around 12%, which means the actual unemployment numbers are a lot higher mm-hmm. because the way it reports, it underreports. Yeah. And uh, so we were able to recover uh, <laughs> the economy while not <laughs> recovering our workforce. So mm-hmm. uh, that's not startling. <laughs> right. Well, so, okay. So what would you say is the, is the most prominent relationship? Like what, what's, what's the deal with that? Wait, what's the prominent relationship with what? So you, you the have stock market. Well, okay. So you have uh, a quarter that, or, or so you have a value increase of 20%, right? Yeah. So your stocks are rebounded and yet your labor yeah. force hasn't caught up just yet. Yeah. So w- what, what explicitly does that tell you? Like that, that particular relationship. That the lending institutions that the fed is going to cover any of their expensive. We've basically, so we've like socialized like the, yeah. Oh yeah. They're independent. They're completely. Yeah. I mean, the stock market's completely divorced from reality. Like this, it has no yeah, basis. No, no person is saying like, Oh, well, as soon as I get my, my job back as a diesel tech, I am going to invest the fuck out of sand futures. Yeah. And I'm going to add <laughs> yeah. to that 20%, um, yeah. You know, rebound. I guess that, yeah, that's, I that's think... effectively what I was getting at. It's just like, there's no, like this is, this is a, like this is a fucking graph for aliens. It's like, a, I don't the, the, what the this. aliens being rich people. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think reptiles ballpark of, I think 80% of all stocks are owned by 10% of people or something absurd like that. So all this is, is a reflection of rich people's feelings. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they felt really bad in the previous quarter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They felt bad. Now they feel good. <sighs> yep it's incredible pandemic fueled recession isn't it fantastic like we're experiencing a bunch of new outbreaks too and i guess the oh, yeah. world is just so that we're so callous it's just like fuck it you know 
just fuck it. Mm-hmm. I don't care anymore. I think that's like the, all the rich people are like, ah, yeah, people still buy oil. Like, blah, 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 blah. yep, pretty much. <laughs> they gotta go it's and like, do things because if they don't, they'll starve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mustache they don't. Twiddle. We won't pay them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like they had like a quick scare there for a bit. It's like, oh my god, what are gonna people do when they don't have any money? It's like. They have to get more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That. That. Yeah. I think that. I think you pretty much summed it up pretty well. Uh, lame, That's dude. It. <laughs> so lame. Yeah. They're like, whoa, shit. Maybe the this uh, bought out government will actually hold us accountable for all of this. And they're like, eh, no. Don't think so. Uh, hey, I had heard about this uh, this this uh, um, court case uh, prior. In fact, this was which, which wait what court case? The court case that you sent me. Uh, I sent it? you a court case. I think you did. Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, let's see. It, it ended up being a unanimous decision uh, with a majority opinion by John Paul Stevens. Uh, and this in particular, what was it named? Uh, it was who versus whom. Dun, 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 bum, bum. Docket number ninety six fifty nine fifty five. Richards versus Wisconsin. Oh. Mm-hmm. So Richards versus Wisconsin, which is effectively uh, oh for no knock warrants. No knock warrants exactly. So police officers oh. come up to oh, the yeah. guy's door, and they say, "Hey, uh, we're actually hotel custodians." So I guess they they knocked on the door and they were like, "Room service." <laughs> And the guy being an idiot, and I guess he didn't have like the little uh, little peephole or the little chain that prevented right. him from opening it all the way. This guy like whirls his door open, and he's like, "Oh shit, it's cops!" And he slammed it in their face. Yeah. And then the officers were like, mm, "That seems justified to just break this guy's door down." So that's what they just did. They just they fucking mm-hmm. just shoulder rammed and or kicked his door down. Right into that guy's house, uh, or and or well, I guess he was in a hotel. Um, well, yeah, and um, yeah, they found a bunch of shit, and uh, the the defense claimed that uh, because he used deception and force in order to get into the hotel room, did that violate his Fourth Amendment uh, protection against illegal search and seizures, and uh, so yeah, you got a unanimous decision, right? Yeah, I remember now. So the reason why I sent this to you is because you got these people who are just like slay Ginsburg, slay, slay it, yeah. Queen, and you got her fucking face on there She's unanimously right there. voting for this trash. That's right. Well, yeah, and a so, bunch of yeah. There's a bunch of uh, um, justices here that like formerly would have been like, oh yeah, they no no way they would have been voting for that. But, right. And and so you got yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. no, no dissent, nothing. It's just like, mm. and it's, yeah. And, and this is important given the current situation, given that, um, uh, Brianna Taylor from Louisville, mm-hmm. uh, she was murdered due to a no knock warrant that was serviced mm-hmm. to her house yeah. where she got, uh, shot up, uh, seven times by police officers. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So you can blame every one of these motherfuckers faces, um, mm. they've been put there by uh, Democrat and Republican presidents yeah. to decide that it's okay to serve no-knock warrants. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
right. they can all rot in hell. Yeah. Um, and, and apparently the justification they used was that uh, announcing their presence as police officers may be dangerous, futile, or result in the destruction of evidence. Which is, is interesting. Like, the first, maybe. Like, I mean, that was the only one that I'd be focusing on. You announce your presence, and you happen to be in a Mad Max hellscape that's like, you got a badge? We kill badges around here. Like, I mean, that's the only thing I can imagine. Like, futile. Like, oh, no. You got to turn around and not go in? Like, fuck. Oh, oh, forgive me for being so inefficient with this this course of justice. Like, please but, don't allow this your is, efforts to be futile. But this, it's like, but this isn't even like they can't serve warrants. This is just they specifically can't serve no knock warrants. Yeah, that they at least got to knock first and like. Well, announcing their presence, it, you know, is exactly. dangerous, futile, and results in the destruction of evidence. Um, <sighs> Fuck these. Yeah, people. a no knock entry is justified. Man, people need to read the Republic. Goddamn it! If they can get rid of the evidence that quickly, then um, it probably wasn't that bad. Whatever they were doing. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna shove this uh this uh, uh sex slave right down the toilet real quick. <laughs> yeah, get in there. Exactly. Get in there, you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm a cop. I was like, no, I actually got like a bunch of cocaine in here. If you could just like hold on for a second, I gotta flush this yeah, down the toilet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it if, if they can flush it down the toilet, then it wasn't that much drug paraphernalia in the yeah. first place. Like, come on. And if it wasn't, they could flush it. You know, you gotta appreciate their ingenuity and respect the fact that they're gonna become a captain of industry one day. So fuck you, anyways. Like, yeah. you, you're all about that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be so productive now that I don't have this cocaine. Yeah. It's like, man, look, I mean, that that was the turnaround that they needed. Now they're just going to yeah. go on to... They scared uh, them straight. Yeah, they're going to go on to produce a, a a lending institution that will just rob everyone of their money. It'll be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the whole reason why I sent it. I was like, motherfucking Ginsburg. Yeah, isn't that disappointing? That unanimous decision's what got me. Yeah, Mm-mm-mm. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, what a shame. And this was, uh, let's see... 1997. Good year. Oh, yeah. Two, two years after the Carl Sagan's uh, quote from the earlier thing. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, we are, we are on a, a mid-90s kick. How about that? Back, back to the days of our youth. Mm-hmm. Mm. Man. No knock warrants. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so uh, I guess in the, in the same instance... Well, no, it's not necessarily lying to gain entry... But in the instance that you uh, – so I I had this class at Berea, actually. It was uh, – I don't know if it was an intro to law class. I think it was like um, intro into international studies, like something very generic. And uh, the guy who was teaching the course happened to have a JD, so we were going off about some, you know, some um, legally ambiguous situations. And – he posed a, a question to the class in the instance that you're walking by a gazebo as someone who is a part of public safety and you claim to smell weed coming out of one of those gazebos. Do you have the ability as an, you know, a, a, a protector of the public at Berea college to unwarrantedly go in and search every person within that gazebo for, drug paraphernalia. It was like, is that justified without any I don't think 
public safety people are allowed to search anybody. Well, in the instance that you would like, you would because they and they have done that. Like in the instance, so they they are not officers of the law, granted. But if you are to say like nobody move, nobody go anywhere, you know, we're going to whether or not like they're they're cutting through red tape by saying like oh you know we're not necessarily officers of the law. Do they have any type of justification? for searching any person there well let's say you were even a, a cop like you know what if you were justified by whatever kind of legal system and you walk by and it's like <laughs> oh that smells like weed i'm gonna go search somebody like are you justified in any any case there i think i mean i'm like are we thinking about jimmy's utopia or are we talking about the real world well i know in the real world that like that seems to be one of the most glaring portions of our legal system in the instance that you're relying on the senses of a cop to uh, justify searching someone's vehicle. It's like, well, why the right. fuck that, do we even have a fourth amendment? If a cop can just be like, exactly. I thought I smelled weed. It's like, exactly. They could just say that whenever they want. Like I thought I smelled drugs. So I got to search their entire car. Yeah. It's like, Nope. Uh, nope. None of that. Can't yeah, do that. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would I would say no, <laughs> in 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 uh, utopia world of what makes sense no, but in uh, our our current hellscape I think they are legally allowed to do like a pat down, mm-hmm. yeah, and then if they feel anything then they're allowed to take it out or some shit I can't remember they take it and or then they roll up a big old doobie and then they some good shit. This is good shit. You under arrest, motherfucker. Yeah. Get in the car. Got you good. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's good shit. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. No, seriously, you're under yeah, arrest. Yeah, but you are. Just, get, just put these cuffs on yourself, okay? Just put these cuffs on yourself, okay? Uh, I'm just fucking with you. Uh, no, but seriously, I got to do this. this is, I got a quote of the week. No, I'm just uh, But seriously, I'm going to get out my taser now, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, you better you better put these cuffs on. <laughs> before, I, before I shoot you with the stains okay okay no I'm just fucking with you I'm just fucking with you uh, flashbang <laughs> 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 what do you want from me I can't tell <laughs> I'm ambiguous I think I'm stoned as fuck <laughs> oh man uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to drive us back to the station yeah. <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too high to drive you don't mind what to... oh, oh, I'll ride shotgun Literally, I'll be holding a shotgun to you the whole time. Don't, don't fuck <laughs> it up. Don't fuck it up. Yep. I, I hope you know how to get there. <laughs> because I forgot the address. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I think I have it written on my shotgun right here. <laughs> Return to police department at... Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, we better get going. Right, take us back, Jimmy. <laughs> hey, oh, if anybody man. wants to return our our police firearm, where can they where can they return that to, Jimmy? <laughs> you can return our proverbial firearm by emailing us at cynicempowerment at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you there. You can also like us on Facebook at Cynic Empowerment and send us a message, or you can tweet at us on the Twitter at cynic empower me one we would love to hear from you it would mean a lot to us and if you are listening to us through any of the listening apps please like and review the show it helps other people find us mm-hmm. 
helps you find us like we're a chef boy rd statue standing in the middle of what used to be an andrew jackson motherfucker native american killing piece of shit yeah or or columbus or any other native american killing piece of shit piece of shit these terrible people i'd say we make all the statues wear body cams Wait, what? Make make the statues wear body cams. Statues on the bodies body cams. Hashtag statue body cam. <laughs>